We're back. We're back. It's a distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm good, man. It's a, it's a new morning in America. <laughs> it is. It, it kind of is. is. I mean, I have to say it in my stupid, you know, uh, making fun of myself voice, but it's like a decently new morning in America or like a, it's not the same morning that was like, you know, a week ago. No. Well, all right. So just to give you back, everyone background, uh, we did the podcast two weeks ago, two hours before the Capitol riot happened. And, but it was, <laughs> but in, but before that, uh, Democrats had won the Senate. So you're all giddy and happy. And then the Capitol got raided and everything was fucking shitty. And so this week, uh, we usually record, we almost always record Wednesdays at 11 a.m., but the inauguration was happening at 12, and it actually happened today, like a little bit earlier than that. So we asked uh, Brandon and Daisy, our producers, like, is it a good idea to be podcasting right during this? Like, if we're all sunny and happy and, like, Biden gets kidnapped while we're saying it, like, in real time. And Daisy was like, yeah, well, maybe we should think about how to do it. So we are recording after the inauguration has happened, and it has happened, and he took the oath, and Joe Biden's literally president now, Joe Biden even if he does get kidnapped. He so. was literally arrested by a military tribunal <laughs> and is on trial right now in a secret underground military base. This yes, is what I've, right. I've gathered this from reading online. I was not watching on television, so I that's don't right. know. That's right. Code Jade Monkey uh, has been enacted, <laughs> and, uh, and Biden is now under house arrest, and, and President Trump has now been appointed uh, Supreme Emperor. Now, can I, I say, can I say one word about the tribunals real quick before we yeah. get on to the other stuff? Yes, the, please. Right before we came on, uh, the dude that is like in tr- he basically the person that is assumed to be Q or to post as Q, who's like some dude on the eight coon forums, uh, put up some post that was like, well, you know, I guess it didn't work out. but let's remember all the happy times that we had together and the fun that we had uh postulating about massive public executions of everybody you've ever seen on cable news on the mall overseen by the military and then installing uh this fat pink dumbass as our president forever uh just you know hang on to that and uh i'll smell you later i guess and like it was like, I feel in some very abstracted way bad for the people that bought that shit. But in another sense, like, that is exactly uh, what that movement deserves. Like, the idea of, like, a conspiracy thing that never even bothered to sort out what its fucking conspiracy was and was mostly about wanting to uh, have the military kill politicians for you to protect the politician that you like. Right. Uh, they deserve to get a, uh, like, have a summer in their yearbook and then just get punted out onto the fucking curb. Too yeah, there, I mean, the real cue was the friends we made along. It the really way. was. I mean, think about it. You gotta uh, don't be don't be sad that the military tribunals didn't work out. Think about how much fun you had while you were thinking about the military. Tribunals. I uh, I I was reading a uh, an interview that Isaac Chotner did. Our friend Isaac Chotner uh, did with uh, Ested from the New York Times, uh, and. Ested basically said, um, I said Wesley. I got yeah. to get his last name in there for God's sake. Because I only see Ested on Twitter. So I'm right. like, it's, not, it's not our buddy. I mean, we both follow anyway, him. He's a good writer. Ested Wesley was like, like, I go out and I talk to these people, and like, like they're way past Fox News and even Q, and, and I don't know what the hell these people are talking about. Like, I yeah. literally, like, like, Q itself is, was completely indecipherable to me because I didn't really bother getting into it the way that like Anna, someone like Anna Merlin would, and so it was like, and so he was, and he was saying like these people were even past Q. Like when they were talking to me, like they just made absolutely no fucking sense, and like you can say 
like like the the passage was alarming in a lot of ways because it was like okay you know, people have sort of crossed over this Rubicon into complete and utter mental incoherence and we have to deal with these people. And yet also the fact that they're so utterly incoherent means that they're completely disorganized. They don't know their shit at all and they can't really do anything. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so- we, sh- we saw what they can do, like, which is they can do violence. They have done violence. I mean, but they can absolutely smear shit on the walls of Nancy Pelosi's office. Right. But that's, that's about the it. Worst, yeah, that's the worst they can do. There I, was that video of like the um, the rioters or whatever. We still never really came up with a good word for that, did we? Is rioters I, the one that we're going with? I, I call it the capital riot. Like I said, I don't like the word insurrection. Yeah, like think, anything that you call them makes them sound uh, like... Uh, riot is good, because riot's like the sort of thing you do when you're not really paying attention to anything but like the uh, word coup has been thrown around which kind of makes sense but it wasn't organized enough to like be one yeah i mean but it's it was perfect for trump for that moment like that's what i was gonna say like when they so they there's this video i guess it was the luke mogelson video from the new yorker of buttheads rushing into the senate chamber and the fucking cube shaman guy shaman dude is in there just like making viking sounds and they're like well what do we do now and one of them's like Former set up a government, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the idea of being like, I don't know, man. Like fucking put on ESPN two. I like, mean, I mean, eighty percent of those people were high as shit, right? I mean, eh, or drunk. I mean, probably drunk, drunk. But drunk. I think that it's also like with all of that, it never. It was. This is what I, I think is like the most Trumpy thing about it is that like I so I followed it more closely than you did because I. Don't have kids, and I have a bottomless <laughs> appetite for garbage, so I'm just like, oh, let's do it. Let's see if this will make me feel bad, and then, like, it reliably did. But in this case, it was that there is this kind of – the way that Trump sees the world as, like, a series of, like, Entertainment Tonight segments, you know, like celebrity birthdays and who's up and who's down and, like, what's next and what movie's coming out on Friday and whatever. None of it is really, like, consequential, but all of it is just basically there to sort of, like – get the show from one side of a commercial break to the other. Right. A lot of the Q stuff, like, there is, like, a cosmology in terms of, like, who's evil and who's less evil. Uh, you know, by the end, it was, like, basically everybody needed to be executed except for Trump and his family. But there was also this element where it, like, it was basically a grift rhetorically beyond the fact that there were people that were using it to make money and get followers and chase clout and all that. that it did was always did like, anybody make money from the yeah, Q shit? Yeah, influencers and stuff, people on YouTube. Like, that. I mean, until they got demonetized, I guess. But there was a lot of right. people, you know, have these videos be watched hundreds of thousands of times, and you make a lot of money off shit like that. And Do you, but make, do you make a lot of money, or is it like, I mean, is I it like the South make, Park internet money? I think you make, like, uh, like, defector staff writer money at the very least for doing nothing but being a fucking asshole into a webcam for an hour well, every day. Our staff writers do get paid $400,000 a year. That's so. true. Yeah. That's what, so that's like, what is that? That's like a <laughs> lower middle class working class salary, right? I don't know. Yeah. You know, if you ask uh, New York magazine, you know, it's, <laughs> I'd say it's, you know, lower class. You can afford, but The one you know. thing I was going to say about it though, is that like, so everybody's grifting everybody. There's yes. no sense of where it's necessarily going because they know, I mean, everybody except for the most victimized people knew that this wasn't going to come to pass. Right. And so what's left is this, like, and it's in the rhetoric of the thing. There's a lot of like, enjoy the show, stay tuned. It's all very like passive, you know, consumer driven sort of like rhetoric. 
And it's like a, it's like a teaser of, of a Marvel teaser. It is. It really is. It's a fucking post-credit stinger every day. Being like, <laughs> oh wow, is it it's incredible? Like Mike Flynn is back, and this time he's bringing his like AJ Soprano ass kid with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I guess if that's if that's what entertainment is to you, then you know be entertained by it. But it it seemed like depressingly overt. Even by the standards of like Trumpian hustles, it seemed depressingly overt to me. I, I think it is possible, and I'm going to spend today being optimistic until an hour from now after we're done recording, and I don't know, a nuke blows up like right, Portland yeah, or something like that. But like, first of all, this morning I got up this morning. I was like, I was like, okay, we've made it to today, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, like, uh, and then I saw Tim Burke. Uh, who you, I used to work with at Deadspin, who used to work Legend. with Deadspin, yep. posted the image of the Capitol with the flags and and everything set up for the inauguration, and I cried. I was I was I was moved by that. It just it was just like it looked normal, and I know that we we use normal as an epithet, you know, from our standpoint because it, it it connotes yeah. a lot of a lot of bad shit that happened before Trump, and then in fact set the stage for him to pass. But like like it was just nice to see people like. It was just nice to see things sort of elegant and just there and like and positive again. So that yeah, was- I mean, I th- I think that's the part of it. Like we were talking to Brandon before we started recording about how exhausting uh, this time has been, how relentless it's been, and like I don't want things to go back to normal in the sense of like there was obviously a lot of stuff that that was very bad, you know, that was kind of passively accepted, and you know, and that got us to this moment. But at the same time, like. As a country, like, and, you know, as a culture or whatever, we are fucking flat on our back after yeah. four years of Trump. You know, yeah, like, cause this I is- remember, I remember his inauguration in 2017, and I was like, I was like, how the fuck am I going to do four years of this shit? Yeah. And then I was like, thinking, like, like, same way, like, resistance, resistance griffers were. I was like, well, he'll be impeached after, like, two or three, and then I yeah. can de- Like, the Mueller report was going to happen, and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, then he'll be put in prison and like, then we'll have Pence and we'll have to deal with Pence, but that'll be nice. And you know, only we'll have to like, only like a year of that, but no, we got all four goddamn years and we got both barrels of every day of all four of those years, nonstop every fucking day. And so I got to this morning and I was like, I was like, we fucking made it, but we didn't because 400,000 people are dead and my kids can't even go to school. And so it's like... And the economy's fucking cratered. And right, like, right. it's like the, you know, in like Ghostbusters where they open the, the ghost trap and all the fucking monsters come out and the yeah. EPA guy does it. Like, that's basically like, not just the Trump pardons. Like, that's like the last four years of that. Yeah. It's yeah. just Slimer after Slimer being birthed onto the streets of America. So I, so I had all that, like, I had all the damage done in the back of my head when I woke up, but I was still just enormously relieved and in fact i was i was relieved when he got kicked off of twitter too because yeah that honestly was i think the real like deciding mo i know i saw these things about like you know disinformation or misinformation on twitter is down since he's off and like that's probably true i mean they also got rid of a lot of other you know like q weirdos and shit like that but i also i feel like that it's the the omnipresence of Trump and like the fucking relentlessness of him. You know the fact that guy's awake for nineteen hours a day, just fucking posting full yeah. out the whole time. Like when that's gone, it's not like it doesn't solve any of the actual problems that we're talking about. But it does like 
let you focus on something other than whatever it is he's doing. I was just I spent four years being like, well, he's ninety eight years old and his cholesterol is th- five thousand. Like, how the fuck can he not just shut the yeah. fuck up for five seconds? And he wouldn't. He, he, w- he wouldn't. Couldn't. This is the, also. I mean, that's the other thing with his like health and everything. We had that conversation slack this morning which i guess we can share it's a little morbid but in terms of people being like no he'll be dead by 2024 he's not running and like he's gonna live to fucking 92 man like it's, he's crossed the bar like I at still, this point where I his whole think, body is just marshmallow like it doesn't expire you know like <laughs> like a twinkie left up yeah. on the show i i think it's possible that he there's two options i think one is that he dies like within a week like joe paterno style which i <laughs> said before like where he just dies because uh, of heartbreak, heartbreak that he can't like post yeah, ship not in charge the- of the little fiefdom he fucked up anymore. Yeah, yeah, he can't ship post from the most powerful chair in the world anymore. So he dies of a broken heart, or like you said, he lives to eight hundred and six. And I posted today, I thought that that Donald Jr. would drop dead of a cocaine uh, overdose before the old man. Did. Why would you say something like that? He seems fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing more normal than that guy fucking eyelids peeled. He hasn't blinked since like May. Just cutting videos with his sick girlfriend. By the way, I don't even watch the video. Like I don't put the audio on on the videos. I just see it in my feed where he's like wearing a blazer and he's got like bad like like talk show host stubble and his eyes are just like you're right. Like his like his the bottom of his eyelids are touching his toes. And yeah, it's like, the laser effect that you can do like with yeah. images in Photoshop, except for like he comes by it naturally now because he's just yeah. pure powder. And he's got like he's got his homewrecker girlfriend somewhere in the background. He's just <laughs> like ah he's just like ah and just like just like just like a blood vessel that's just like yeah. popping. And I'm Man, just like once he's that guy's not going to live very yeah. long. Once he's not anywhere near power to, like, I think we'll be able to enjoy him in the way that maybe we were able to enjoy, like, Trump in, like, 2013. It's just, like, a being of pure uh, cringe and thirst. Like, because he's, when he's online, he's so weird. He's so stilted. He's, like, kind of doing an imitation of his dad. But also, like, just saying things in ways that no one's ever said them. The, uh, the Twitter account, uh, Lydia Burrell, uh, has a, a little recurring series of uh, Don Jr. saying his girlfriend's name, which is Kimberly, in ways that sound uh, like it sounds like he recorded each of the the sort of like syllables separately in different sessions, and then Kimberly. were just added together. Kimberly, like it's all just like really baffling. My shit. name is Warner Saunders. My yeah, name is my passport. Verify like, me. Yeah, it's like a menu where it's like, please listen closely as menu options have changed. You're like, <laughs> I had these, uh, like all through the presidency, all through Trump's presidency, like I, I was, you know, I was, because my brain has been reoriented to Twitter, like millions of other completely diseased people. Yeah. Like I was saying, like, oh, I, I can't wait to tweet when he loses the election. Like, I know. I'll tweet. <laughs> I'll tweet finally. On cue people, and we're both like absolutely yeah. scheduling posts. Yep. Like, new president just dropped. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was planning like finally in all caps, like when when the announcement happened. I don't think I even did that. And like, I was gonna post like like the day he left. I was gonna post like like you know how you know how when the curse is broken in Beauty and the Beast and like like the the 
the castle becomes color again, and all the thorn brambles like go away, and like flowers bloom. Like I was gonna post like a gif of that. Like I was like, I was like, that's gonna be great. That's gonna really go over well. That's where my that's where my shitty Krasenstein yeah. mind was. I didn't do that. But, it's for the best, but it's hard. I mean, I think that like it if it wasn't. Well, I mean, who knows? If there wasn't a plague happening, maybe we're watching the guy get inaugurated again. But it's like, there is definitely, like, it's still not a great feeling. Like, I can't go celebrate this with my friends. Like, I can't see my friends. <laughs> you know, like, I have it's to tell so you, I, shitty, but... I feel good, and I feel relatively celebratory. I live in the D.C. area, and if you know Comet Ping Pong, you know that it's the, uh, it's the nexus of the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. But it also yeah. happens to be a very nice pizza restaurant. And I've been to that pizza restaurant, and there was a, a video posted the other night of people um, partying at Comet on the Comet porch, like yeah, partying like in the masks because they were happy because the inauguration was tomorrow. And then a bunch of Q freaks, like with signs that didn't even make sense, sort of walking by and not saying jack shit. And the people that were like dancing were like very happy. And so I felt very like. It sound like it sounds like oh okay this can't be really a happy moment because of all the damage that's done and and the the devastation will it's going to take us decades to unpack everything that just happened if not more but I'm still allowed to be happy yeah today. I think so I, and especially was, it's like you know I'm always like sort of you know on guard for like secretly like just I don't want to be Trumpy myself in any way like in terms of being like vengeful or full of resentment or whatever but. I, uh, I don't that, know about that. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, I am. I, I want them, I'm always I want them all dead. <laughs> but for me, like, that's with the Q people or whatever, those people, like, carrying signs that are, like, you know, like, Joe Biden to hell or whatever. Like, those people literally want to fucking kill me. You know, like, not me. Like, they don't know my work or, like, who I am or anything like that. But, like, what I represent, like, what you represent, like, they've created a fantasy where, like, only they are real and everybody else is, like, the most depraved criminal imaginable. Like... I think that a fuck you is owed there. Yeah. I also think that it's, it's altogether possible that, uh, that you cut off the head and the body will die. And that now that Trump has fucked off to Florida and, and, is, and like all his cronies are now barred from entering China and Hong Kong like, and, and all his creditors coming after him. I just, in my mind, I see all these other satellite people just fizzling into shit yeah there was never anything but him it was all pegged to his fame and his presence and his ubiquity like there wasn't it's not like an ideology that you're going to convince someone at a barbecue to be like all right well here's how it works there's some lizards right but they're disguised as people what are they like baby juice like fuck that like everybody would not make eye contact with you if you said that like also in my mind like i see like i still see posts in the feed from you know pieces of shit like Ted Cruz and oh, Josh Hawley and, on and Marjorie Taylor Greene, but like none of these people will have uh, that spotlight anymore. Like none of them are as good at being famous as Trump has been. Yeah. And they don't get to be famous anymore. And I think the next four years is going to show that like now that they're back to being regular shitty politicians, it's not going to be fun for them to be able to do that. Yeah. That these are I'm the thinking. most annoying people that this <laughs> country has ever fucking created. <laughs> and they're pushing the least popular and most discredited politics to the extent they have politics. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene's a fucking poster. Yeah. But like Ted Cruz, like if you get beneath the like sort of like infected blobfish presentation that he brings to the table. All of his ideas just fucking make your life worse. He stinks. Yeah, yeah. He's just a corrupt sack of shit. So, so I, 
yeah. I'm, to me, the, the one thing while we're doing the um, Schadenfreude Power Hour, uh, real quick. <laughs> yeah. The, I've been enjoying watching uh, some of the like 2024 hopeful types, like the Trump adjacent types, starting to get their ducks in a row posting wise. Uh, Nikki yeah. Haley and Mike Pompeo have done some threads where they're like, here's what here's what leadership looks like. By the way, like I will do whatever President Trump asked me to do, like up to and including any number of felonies. But like, here's all the right. things that I was honored to do on his behalf. And they all suck. And everybody's just fucking roasting them and is like, not now. Yeah, I like I I don't even they don't even register with me anymore. Like you I don't know, follow like, Mike Pompeo. Yeah, I just like I saw the Pompeo thing where he's like wokeism is bad and multiculturalism you know. makes us weak. It's yeah, all the lines yeah. that like you can write for Trump and when he says them and people are like, oh, the famous guy from TV, Mister Rich Guy, I, yeah. I, he must be right. If you're not already as famous as him, you're just a an idiot yeah stuff like that. yeah so i was like i don't need to hear what this asshole has to say i can i can i can freely ignore this person and i can like i already know like you know you know if you ignore if you forget history you're doomed to repeat it i already know that we just lived through the consequences of doing that and i'm not gonna forget it i can't forget it even though i right. very much like to but i'm very much gonna take some time for drew yeah, have some self care, man. You gotta get a get a mani pedi. Wear a okay. robe. I I have a I have a question for you. I've been thinking about it's right. the ultimate painful, fun bag question about Trump. It's my own Trump question. I know we said okay. we wouldn't do a Trump question anymore, but it's I different when it's just this is just guys being dudes right here, man. We're just talking in your mind. Uh, let's say a genie comes to you and says, "Okay." You, uh, you don't get Trump. Like, like, we'll go back in time. Trump's never elected. You don't have to live through four years of Trump. But John McCain wins in 2008, and you don't get Obama. So you, you get John McCain as president, but, and, but you never get Obama, but you also never get Trump. Is that worth it? Wow. Uh, and also, also, keep in mind, we're both white guys. So as much as Obama meant to us, he meant a whole fucking lot to people uh, who, you know, he meant a lot to black people. Are, he meant a lot are to, not used to seeing presidents that look like them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and also what happened with Kamala Harris being sworn in today was a really, really fucking big deal. And yeah. I don't it's want crazy. To it that really is. At all. And like, I don't really, yeah, I don't really care for her that much. And yet at the same, I'm not like, even by the standards of like democratic politicians, I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure this person believes anything, but like, yeah, it's fucking meaningful. Like it's yeah. very meaningful. Yeah. And, that was, you know, and for me, like, I don't, I mean, just thinking back to where we were, you know, 2007, 2008, like, again, like, probably about as flat on our back as we've been as a country until now. I mean, like, the economy bottomed out and, you know, mass suffering all across the place. I don't, th I think that uh, McCain would have been a disastrous president in that because it just it's not it was not a flexible enough guy to really come up with ideas for it. I mean, Obama did more than McCain would have, and it wasn't enough. So I don't right. know where I don't know where we would have been politically. Like obviously, like the Trump years were a disaster, and yet like it's not completely out of the question that there's some lesson to be learned there. Like I feel oh, like the, oh I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Like yeah. I think there was a lot of clarity. Uh, provided by how awful the past four years were. And I'm not like, I don't 
have a ton of faith that Joe Biden's going to do. Like, I don't think Joe Biden's going to institute Medicare for all or anything like that. No, but I am willing. You know, if it's a fast word to taught me anything, it's that I am okay and accept that some progress is going to be not as fast as I would prefer it to be. Yeah, I would. I would like it to be right now. But I know that's going to be incremental, and that's really all I can ask for, especially now that he's finally fucking gone. But I think that's also like that the it's moved the conversations moved from like where you don't need the president to be, and it's good that the president is not held up as like some sort of godhead, as like Trump obviously toxically was. But I think as Obama was sort of like this emblem of things too that like they should be led by the party, and I think like the Democrats as a party now are well to the left in terms of what they're willing to consider and yes. willing to do than they were. Certainly, like, if you look at, like, who the, the senators were that were in charge of, like, you know, the jobs that are now in the hands of Sherrod Brown and, and Bernie Sanders in, like, 2008, it was just, like, these septuagenarian, like, you know, like, rando Democrats from Montana, like Kent Conrad and stuff. Yeah, like, it was puds. Yeah, they didn't want anything. Like Evan uh, Bayer or whatever the fuck. I don't care. Yeah, and I think now people are at least a little more comfortable uh, – you know, again, because things are so bad, like wondering why the state isn't doing anything for them. And that's like a good place to start, because like for the time being, we still have some say in what the state does. Yeah, I I would say that I, I would not want to I would not want McCain to have been president at the at the benefit of not having Trump. I, and that feels kind of insane. But the eight years of Obama were were clearly worth it. And not only that, like, first of all, there was the. There was the things that Obama did because Obama did some things. As much as as much as I uh, ruminate on the things that he failed to do and the and the compromises he did make that he never should have made to begin with, there was there was tangible social yeah. and economic progress under him. So that was worth it. So then, but not only that, he I don't think there's any uh, AOC or Cory Bush or Ilan Omar without Obama, and also possibly not without the incentive to get involved in government after that motherfucker succeeded Obama in yeah. office. So, and I think was, there's none of that without Obama. And then also none of that without Obama's failures to a certain extent, you don't want to like go back and make everything that's happened make sense. That's like Joe Buck ism. It's just not like right. the right, but I do think that's the sort of thing where like Obama showed what was possible. And then also showed that, that was not enough, that it's not the sort of thing where you elect a guy and then things just like get 25% better because you cast that vote while you sit on the couch or whatever. So yeah, I, I think one of the things with, with Obama was that Obama was always uh, long-term like, so, and, and in his post-presidency, I, you know, I've written and I've complained that he's been too quiet, but he has been working quietly to cultivate a next generation of leaders. And in the NBA, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that's I think that's insanely important, and I think that's starting to bear fruit. I wish he could have done both at the same time, but I do think that I I'm gonna have to hand it to him that I do think that there is the possibility that his long term plans are going to prove themselves under under a president who is older than Donald Trump. But. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. This is all, this is a lot to put on Joe, but like all the other stuff is fun to think about. Joe, I watched his speech and I was like, I was like, he's, he's had that, I wonder how many nose jobs he's had. He's had a lot of nose jobs. And he looks, he looks a little weird, but he, I mean, I think a lot of people get to that age and you look a little weird. You can't see his eyeballs because he's had his face pulled back enough where like, like his eyes don't really open all that much. So he looks like, it looks like that Jeff Dunham puppet. So like, 
I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm like really happy he's president, but at the same time, I'm just a total shallow asshole who's like, well, I think this is the he's right been, approach. I he's think this been is the only- <laughs> he's been to his plastic surgeon once or twice. Yeah, but you, like you can be moved by the fact that he's president, and then also laugh at the fact that the Bible he was sworn in on was like the book the Crypt Keeper opens up <laughs> at the beginning of every Tales from the Crypt episode. Yes, but that was Thurgood Marshall's. Uh, Bible. So Again, it was yeah, like, it's impressive. It's just like why? <laughs> why was it so fucking steampunk? Why it was straps. <laughs> like if they open it up the, and it takes you into mist, like that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you have to wear like goggles and like a weird, uh, like a aviator's hat in order to even look at it. Uh, I'm not against it. Let's uh, let's take a break and come back and talk about sports. We're back. There is sports news, and uh, and it's time for me to uh, to pull you out of optimism, Roth, because we have to talk about the Mets and, uh, oh, cool. <laughs> and Jared Porter. We were actually we we're going to have Mina Kimes, who together with Jeff, I, I God, I hope I could get his name right, Jeff Passan. Oh, is it Passan? Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff was Passan on having his own byline and shared it with Mina Kimes <laughs> this week. Uh, that. Uh, that reported that uh, um, then Mets GM Jared Porter uh, sexually harassed uh, a beat reporter uh, and got fired from the Mets for it by, because he was sending her, you know, he was harassing her with texts, which is bad enough. You get any of those texts from, I get any of those texts from like my mom and I'm annoyed. Yeah. But he was, was, so he sent, when this is 2016, when he was with the Cubs, he sent 60 texts. Two, yeah. 62 texts, all unanswered, the last of which, I mean, was like a dick. Yep. Yeah. Which were, his defense of it when asked about it was like, that was just like, that was a dick. That was like kind of a gag I was doing that was like a bit. And that was I don't Sean think, Salisbury's dick, not mine. Yeah, dick. right. Like the question is not like, sir, is this your penis? The question is, why did you send this to somebody who didn't want it? I mean, I, I feel like this just keeps happening. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, I keep, you know, Every every uh, every female beat reporter we know says, "Please don't fucking do this." And like, you know, uh, you know, and they get signal boosted by by guy reporters like us. But creeps are still being fucking creeps. So, but to my end, let's talk about the Mets part of it. Oh, yeah, all right, good. Because first I think of all, we're on Steve the Cohen same page about like this sucks. Don't ever do it. Yeah, yeah this sucks. Please don't do it. So anyway, uh, Steve Cohen fired him uh, right away and said, "We're we're not yeah. going to do this." And Steve Cohen, who seems to be decent among owners in terms of posting like he's a pretty good poster he's a good but, poster uh as a, as a Mets fan uh how do you feel after this is happening because obviously there's the humiliation of knowing this guy was employed uh yeah. but then also there was action taken by a new guy who's not a that's Wilpon. the difference for me is that like they actually did something like the Wilpons so this is the second uh, consecutive offseason that the Mets have had to fire a high-profile hire uh, for malfeasance. I mean, obviously, Carlos Beltran being a part of the Astros banging on a garbage can with a baseball bat is a, a different universe, you know, of misbehaving. But it was the same deal. Like, after they hired him, the story broke that he was, you know, integral to that. And over the course of a week, five days, whatever it was, the team was like, we're aware of the story. like, And then they just basically leaned on Beltron until he uh, resigned and then, you know, like leaked a bunch of stuff like in the way that they like to do anytime somebody leaves the organization, which was like, he was always full of shit. Also, like, this is unfair. Just like sort of that, uh, you know, 
ambiguous peevishness that defined the Willpon era, where they were just kind of mad at everybody all the time. Yeah, Cohen, I mean, if it had been if it had been the NFL, NFL would have been like, we are aware of the Jared Porter situation and are closely monitoring aware and yeah. mo- they love to monitor situations. That's Out like of their an number abundance one thing. of caution. Jared <laughs> Porter will not be allowed at the facility for 36 hours or something Just, like that. You can tell how serious it is when they're going through like the Mad Libs checklist of like phrases that you can use. Like when you see abundance of caution, you mean that's like a way of saying an alligator is currently loose in our facility. Yeah. No one knows where the special teams coach is. Yeah. We're, we're aware of this and we're monitoring it very closely. Yeah. Anytime a player is accused of like assaulting a puppy, it's like we are aware of the situation and we are mo- they're always monitoring it. Oh, with great concern. Yeah. Closely monitoring. The difference I'd say for Cohen and the thing I'd give him credit for is that they did the right thing fairly quickly and without any of the sort of like, you know, like whining, groaning, like public sort of like performance of uh, whatever the opposite of contrition is that the Wilpons like to do. Like they just acted. And like, yeah. it sucks. I mean, I don't know to what extent you would find stuff like that out during a normal background interview. Obviously, it's very embarrassing. Uh, but like, good for them. You know, like, uh, I, I think I feel like I feel like they could have found it out. Like, yeah, you know, like I, we had uh, former colleagues like Lindsay Adler who were like, this is not fucking this is hardly, you know, an anomaly. And this is hardly stuff that's a secret. Like I think this- it's also one of those deals where like that the Cubs front office was like known to be really like even by the standards of baseball front offices to be like pretty fratty and that like came down from Theo and stuff. And like Yeah. This is you know, like so you hire somebody from there, it's like hiring somebody from Houston. Like, I mean, you know that they got results, but you also kinda know how they went about getting those results. And so yep. how surprised do you get to be? Yeah, you don't you don't you don't earn the right to be surprised. So I mean yeah, I'm glad they didn't do the Democrat thing and like you know committee it into oblivion or anything. Yeah. That I'm glad they just did something. But that's that was the Wilpon way too. Is they would eventually wind up having to most of the time would wind up doing the thing that they were obviously supposed to do. They would just take so fucking long about doing it, <laughs> and they would drag their feet so much that by the time it happened, you were like, ugh, forget it. <laughs> like I don't even want this anymore. Uh, hey, guess what? Uh, conference championships are this weekend. You have oh, any? Yeah, give me the picks for me. I uh, a lot of this depends, as we discussed on the uh, the football stream yesterday. Who's quarterback in the Kansas City Chiefs? It's going to be Mahomes. You I really mean, seem very sure that it's Mahomes. I have no doubt it's going to be Mahomes. It's my my thing is whether or not he finishes, and I yeah. I think it's possible that he gets a nasty hit uh, from somebody on Buffalo like Jerry Hughes, and he could be put out again. And this time, Chad Henney Chad Henney can do what he did against Cleveland. Uh, but he's not going to be able to do that against Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo. Also, what he did against Cleveland was not enough to score a touchdown against Cleveland. It was enough to manage a, an advantage that they had, you know, through a, a sufficient period of time. That's right? right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he, they were essentially, they essentially had to run out. They literally had to run out the clock. And, were you happy to, yeah. uh, to see him playing quarterback again? I kind of perversely was. No, like, uh, like our slack was like, ah, this is hilarious. And like, I want, first of all, I wanted the Browns to win. And secondly, I don't want to watch, I don't have to watch fucking Chad Henney in an AFC playoff game. Like that's Matt McGloin and Connor Cook territory to me. I don't want that. Like I, I want see, Henny to me has always been better than that, but also is bad. Like, you know that I have 
like a weird taste for for garbage in this regard too where it's like like ryan fitzpatrick really is legitimately one of my favorite players to watch and like oh, I that's can't okay justify, but it's like a it's like a thrill ride it's like watching like a late pacino performance where you're like when's he gonna yell for no reason and then like it's always when you least expect it and when it is least convincing and that is like you know like henny just sort of working the ball around and looking like he's managing the game and then just uncorking that interception into the end zone that the guy caught like a fucking punt returner. Yeah. It's so gratifying to me. Yeah. I, well, first of all, Fitzpatrick is like light years better than Henny. Like, absolutely. Fitz- Fitzpatrick's the 20th best quarterback in the NFL or something like that. Yeah, For whatever yeah, yeah, that's yeah. worth. So Henny, to me, like, he hadn't, he hadn't played in a game. He hadn't taken a snap since 2014. So... <laughs> And I swear to God, Jim Nance said that, and I actually yeah. believe Jim Nance. So it was like, you know, a guy who was not very good in 2014. Like, with, yeah, you the know, last snap he took was, the next snap was taken by Blake Bortles. Yeah. So that's, that's what he was doing in 2014. Like, Colin Kaepernick's entire career happened during, you know, f- you know in, during that entire span. So I yeah. was like, all right, Jesus Christ. Uh, so I, anyway, to that end, I'm, I'm rooting for the Bills, I'm, Picking the Bills and I'm picking the Packers and that's what I'm. Yeah, do. I think the Packers look great and look like a team that could win the Super Bowl. But the Bills are. We say this every, and I, I guess I have to keep saying it because it's been uh, a process of me coming around to believing it. Like they're really tough. They're really good. Yeah, they're. Uh, there's a certain. They didn't point. look great last weekend. But I think it's because the weather was so bad. Yeah, it was the wind. The wind was just like nobody could throw or kick the ball, so it was like whatever. I but with the Bills. You can sense at certain points with a team that has been snake bitten for years and years and years, you can tell in advance that they're not snake bitten anymore, where that sheen yeah. is just gone. Like the Capitals, when they won the cup three years ago, by the time they got to the finals against Vegas, it was a fait accompli. Like they had, you know, I don't want to use the Simmonsism, but they had the look. Like they, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, they, whatever happened before doesn't really fucking matter anymore. Same with the Cubs when they played the Indians yeah. in the world. Or the so. Dodgers last year. I think yep. it's the same sort of deal where, yeah, like you can kind of tell that they're actually that good. Yeah. And the, like, they can get beaten, but they're not going to get beaten in the ways that they have traditionally beaten themselves over the course of a generation or whatever. Yeah. So I think if the Chiefs beat the Bills, it won't be because the Bills did something stupid or something. It's just they'll have been the better team because I think they are the best team in football. Yeah, they are. They but, still, they haven't really like looked dominant in the way that I would want to see them like the way that they looked last year where like they really did just sort of seem like they could score every time they had the ball like it's the same personnel you know and it's not like Mahomes got worse or whatever no and it's it's somehow the same brilliant coordinator who they're going to be allowed to keep in perpetuity because the rest of the NFL's ridiculous (laughs) but uh I think they can flip the switch though like I if they blew out the bills 42 to 10 or something like that. It wouldn't shock me, but yeah. uh, you know, it, it wouldn't, you know, I, it, it's not necessarily what I expect. Cause I just think the bills are that good and I'm not confident Mahomes can finish the game. Hey, you want the guy of the week? Cause yeah. we have to be AFC and NFC title game. Think your guy of the week is former bill Lee Evans. And Oh yeah. And a bit of irony, Lee Evans blew an AFC title game. But not for Buffalo. I was going to say, most famous for dropping a catch, which is too bad. Because he had uh, a really good streak of being fantasy ownable. For He was, uh, he was a good football player. Yeah. He had, like, he, was, he had, well, I'm going I'm to look up the damn stats. The Bills had a great streak of, like, cool receivers 
playing with bad quarterbacks that like yeah they're like Eric Molds. Molds yeah all right so and, Lee Lee Evans had uh, a thousand yards twice in his career uh, both times for Buffalo and that year in Baltimore where he dropped the uh, the pass in the AFC title game that was his only year with Buffalo that was 2011 oh, with Baltimore or with Baltimore I'm sorry yeah that was he had he had four receptions. He played nine games and had four receptions for Baltimore that year. That's it. That's weird. I remembered him being, I guess I'm like conflating him with all those, like there's a lot of really good players that change teams, like veteran receivers that change teams late in their career, uh, That like like Deion Branch on the Seahawks or whatever. Well, also the Ravens were sort of a halfway house for that. Like they had Bolden, they had Steve Smith late in his career. Like they loved plucking guys. Derek Mason. Yeah. yeah they, were, they, loved, they loved having a Raiders uh, feel with their receiving core. They were, I, I would say that like before anybody really knew what the remembering some guy's lifestyle was, Ozzie Newsom was living that. <laughs> and I respect it. Yeah. I, so Evans, he just retired after that? Yeah. Yeah. Either that, he re- either, that or he, either that or he never got a job again. But I don't, I don't know because he was productive all through his time in Buffalo, and then just dropped off. It might have been injuries. I don't. His I don't know. Buffalo, I mean, the best only... quarterback he would have caught a pass from there is Fitzpatrick. Like, with well, probably Drew, ease. probably Drew Bledsoe. Oh, maybe with Bledsoe. That's right. I was gonna because otherwise it's like the Trent Edwards experience. Yeah, I, I think that Bledsoe cup of coffee, you know, was like the Bills were sort of like, you know, not like embarrassing during the Bledsoe tenure, yeah. just sort of like there. Uh, you're dead or canceled this week. You ready for dead or canceled? Yes. But this one's a bit tough. Okay. They've, I, these have actually been really hard, I think, a lot of the time. Like, well, this one's the hardest one of all. Stan Chera, is he dead or canceled? Uh, we both know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, so I feel terrible about that because, like, I, you know, I don't know what kind of man he was. If he was friends with Donald Trump, then, you know, he probably was on his way to being canceled. But that image of him kind of, like, the professional headshot of him smiling has become just like a solid LOL for me every time I see it. And that's a terrible legacy to leave. And it's, but it's not his fault. It's really no, not his fault. It's the fault. Yeah, it's that Trump like basically used him as a euphemism for guy who dies. And then, is, and then didn't even have the courtesy to die himself. So that, he, yeah. Because if he had died, like people would have remembered Sanchera, like they wouldn't have remembered Sanchera dying. They would have remembered... Trump dying, which is a much yeah. more pleasant thing to think about. Yep, it is. <laughs> what a nice note. <laughs> yes. I was going to give you the poison chalice because it was from uh, the Atlantic. It was the, the Atlantic article that made all the Juggalo fans mad, or even people uh. who were uh, even people who were uh, agnostic about the Juggalos came to the Juggalos' defense because someone pointed out that all the Capitol rioters were like the Juggalos. It was Graham Wood at the Atlantic. But I'm not going to read that to you because... It's again. It's a happy occasion. Yeah. Can we do? There's one that uh, that came out just today, fresh off the garbage pile. Uh, that I want to try to find real quick. The David Brooks tweet. Did you see? Uh, I know I should be more specific. No, no. I I know because I replied. Oh, all right. So this was. Yeah. Do you want to uh, read it? Do you want to uh, share it? Let me see yeah, if I can find yeah. it. Uh, David. Yeah. Slide. David Brooks tweeted. This is once again a country that self confidently believes in itself, which. Is amazingly badly written. Like, I was going to say, like, before you even get to the sentiment, the phrasing is really fantastic. That's yeah, pro grade. That's why he gets it, the big bucks. Because then it's like, it's impressive that he's not edited the New York Times if that's how he tweets. Because, like, then, then his columns ought to be 
like 10% shittier than they already are. Anyway, yeah. I replied to him, oh, did it fall in love with its assistant? So that was weird. <laughs> it's really hard not to... Maybe this is something that'll be the little treat that we can give ourselves is now we can become reply guys again. Like, I didn't want to, you know, step on Jeff Tiedrich's turf the last few years and, like, reply to Trump and be like, you're canceled, sir. But, like, you should be able to apply, to, you know, reply to David Brooks when he does stuff like that. Yeah, I think you reply... It's the thing is, like, not replying to, like, Ted Cruz... Yeah. But if you can, if you reply like, like my, I have a personal goal now to reply to Schefter rudely until Schefter blocks me, but it hasn't happened yet. But I'm gonna keep trying until he's, I. You're, he respects you too much, man. You're a brother journalist. I don't think he's a chipmunk. I don't think he just. I don't think he even looks at his Twitter feed. Also, I, I should uh, pay more attention to your replies to him. Are you just like you're a fucking booger, dude? Like, what do you say? Like, I, yeah, I'm like, oh, dude, that was really hard for you to tweet with your mouth stitched to Goodell's asshole, you piece of shit. <laughs> Just good. as rude as, as humanly possible, and yet I, he's just too good-natured to, to I want block. that block for you, man. I think <laughs> you're going to earn it, and I look forward to watching it happen. Well, he might be shrewd enough to know that, that muting is better than blocking, because yeah. then you don't give person, anyone the satisfaction. That's how the uh, pros do it. Hey, it's time for the fun bag. Neat. Uh, Alex writes in, at this point, would the United States be better off pulling the plug on the internet for good? No blogger bias, please. My answer, uh, by the way, is no. Yeah, I think no. Uh, that said, like, you know, remembering what it was like when there was less internet or when the internet was less easy to find everywhere, like that I guess I could sort of see. Like, if they made it so you couldn't get it on your phone, but you could get it on a computer, I don't know, maybe there's something to, to that. But, like, I think in general that, you know, it's what you make of it, like... And people yeah. are going to make it bad. That's just kind of the nature of, of how we are. I think that's, you know what? I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that like, like, that's like a revelation. Like, it really is what you make of it. It's like college. Like, I remember yeah. every college tour I ever had, it was, it's what you make of it. And that's like totally true of the internet. Like, I just don't, like, I don't visit 4chan because I don't have right. to. Like, so why would you want to think those thoughts? Well, also, like, can you imagine if you had to go through 2020 without the internet? You'd be fucked. Yeah. You'd be fucked. So like, my parents basically live like that, which is amazing. Uh, and so there's a lot of stuff where they'll, like, call me because they, like, got the paper, physically brought it into their home, looked at a headline, and were like, hey, did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, like, yesterday at, like, 4 p.m., <laughs> you know, like, and when it yeah, happened. Yeah, everybody's parents have that Jay Leno thing. Did you hear about this? Yeah, did you hear about this, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my parents... That's the, uh, but that's, you know, honestly, like, I'm lucky that they're still around, that they're healthy. If I have to be Kevin Eubanks to my parents for another 10 years, I'll take it. Like, yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's always, it's a very internet thing to be like, oh, well, I can't wait to be offline. And oh, I, I didn't spend this weekend on Twitter or whatever. And I'm like, fuck all that. I, I, I want to be online. I don't want to. Yeah. Like, I want to be online a little bit. Like, I definitely, I do feel better if I'm not online as much. But I yeah. feel better if I'm not doing anything for 10 hours a day. <laughs> you know, like, that's just, that's normal. Uh, Brendan writes in, what's the best Weird Al original song? The best original song by oh, Weird wow. Al Yankovic. Can this you is, think of one? I'm not sure that I can exactly. Like, uh, there must be, like, stuff from the 80s that's just, like, pure polka with, like, silly lyrics. I don't know. Are you, like, very knowledgeable about Weird Al? This seems like something you might have in the quiz. Uh, yeah, I'll, I have an answer. Uh, right. And uh, for me, it's one more minute, and you have to watch the video for it to make sense. Because it's all about, uh, 
Like, you know, it, it's a love song, but it's, you know, I'd rather die than spend one more minute with you. Like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, everything about you by ugly kid Joe. Like it's got that okay. vibe to it. It's, so it it's, seems, it's yeah, good. a classic genre. It's a good, funny song. I never listened to any of his other, I never listened to like, dare to be stupid or any of that stuff and yeah. like i feel like with him like i can accept that he's a treasure and like and i believe that i think he's great but like i don't need to listen to weird owl like just like throwing that record on and being like oh this was like sounds like gangster's paradise but it's not yeah like i i worshiped him as a kid like i sang his songs in front of my grandma like as like a show <laughs> like to entertain her and she liked it but like i think like grown 40 year old men going to like a weird owl concert is a little bit odd fellas are we going to see weird owl in 2021 it's possible. It's possible the pandemic will lift, and and Weird Al will do like a lot of Trump songs, and oh. I'll be. I'll say like, I'll be like, God with you, God be with you, Weird Al. I'm, I'm sure. Good. I'm sure they're very well done. But I will not watch you walk around in a Trump suit. I'm just yep, not going to do it. Right. Anyway, it's a new day, and it's a new America. Yes, the, and we're, yeah, we did it, and we are unified together in this podcast. By the way, our own. Uh, friend Ashley Feinberg was also supposed to be here this week. She could not join us because her power literally went out right before she was about to uh, join the podcast. So Ashley, this podcast was for you this week. Yeah, we dedicate it to your memory or the memory of your uh, electricity in your home. Yeah, it's dedicated to you and to Shrek's penis. Uh, Brandon Nix <laughs> is a producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Our theme song was written and composed by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to Stitcher Premium and use the promo code DISTRACT. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to Defector.com too, right now, or else I will beat you senseless. He's so mean. You don't want any of it. All right. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week, Raw. Bye. Bye. Bye.